Welcome back everybody to another beautiful episode. And this one I'm super excited for her to tell this mother hustler's journey because I've actually never met her in person, but I feel like I'm so strongly connected to her. We met through another acquaintance and another friend and, and then fate had, had it that we actually have so much mutual friends and I can't believe we haven't run into each other and we may have, but it's like so many people, wonderful people to meet in the local area. So welcome Rukshana. Thank you so much, Corrine, for having me here. I am honored for uh, to be on this beautiful platform and to just be here and share my journey. So thank you for having me. You are so welcome, sister. And I'm really excited to dive deep into what happened to you because I think what happens to us in the past is truly the driver of our future, right? And so I love hearing people's story when they were a child. So um, take us through that journey as a child and how do you think that the experience in your childhood and the way that you were raised by your mom and dad or your mom especially, if you have a really good relationship with her, I would love for you to pay tribute to her and give her some kudos as well because those are the real mother hustlers is the mother hustlers who raised us that became mother hustlers as well. So um, I'll just give it all to you and allow you to tell that journey. Absolutely. Again, thanks again for having this presence of me here today. So my journey started in Mozambique. I am, um, I was born in Mozambique and Mozambique is in Africa. And due to the war, uh, my family migrated to the next country, which is called Malawi. And when we migrated at that time with a family of five, we hiked about two days into this country, small country, to find asylum away from the war. Mm. And then when we arrived in Malawi, we had stayed there about five years in the refugee camp, just trying to settle in, to fit in, get to know the culture. And just about when we're about settling in after five years, my father at that time said, you know, it is best to move to another country, which is the next neighboring country called Zambia. Mm -hmm. So again, our family packed up again. At that time, we're a family of seven. We packed up all our stuff and hiked for another two days. Uh, we call it walking across the mountain, but I call it hiking now. Wow. Uh, we hiked for two days um, with no food or water, carried all our stuff for luggages on our head through the mountains and arrived in Zambia for in the refugee camp. And then we stayed there in, an, in the refugee camp until I was 15. At that time, I believe that in my teen years, that's when my life started, began shaping who I was going to become. I really feel it was a gift to live in that experience because of the skills that I learned from there is what shaped me as an adult. So we, I came to United States when I was about 15 years young with my five siblings. However, going back as an older child is I would fetch for my family. I would cook, I would clean, I would wait in line for food, sometimes not knowing if I was going to make it to the beginning of the line, if my family was going to have food. Um, I made sure that when my, my father and my mother was out searching for money and doing little jobs here and there, I was responsible to take care 
of my siblings, my other four siblings. Mm. So again, that shaped me for who I have become today. But also a little bit um, is I had, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse of a family member for that long, from age five mm. to age 15. So mm. I had to learn through all that process to speak up and to seek my needs, to advocate for myself because I, my existence was for everybody else. So it has been an incredible journey through all of that, that, you know, when I came to the United States with that pain, with that wounds from my past, uh, my traumas, and I started running away from all the problems causing more harm to myself. You know, I started, uh, you know, being in not healthy relationship. I met my ex-husband at that time who gave me the beautiful gift of life. I had three beautiful children and he was also, he's also from Africa. And uh, through that, I learned, you know, to be a parent and also still learning how to be a parent because now my kids are in their twenties. Wow, girlfriend. Wow. You gave me a ton of goosebumps and there, there is something to be said with the power of adversities, right? And, as I was listening to your story, and this is just scratching the surface of your story, I like, I almost cried about your story because when you look at hiking and walking and how old were you when you guys did the first one? So I was five years young at the time when we left and then I was 10 years young when we left again. So it was five years, it's like five years at a time. Yes, and then I was five years when I came to United States. Wow. I mean, 15, so, I was 15 years when I came. Yeah, it's like five, five, five. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you talk about being the oldest that's responsible for your younger siblings. Is that right? How yes. many siblings do you have, and are you the oldest? I have four siblings, and yes, I am the oldest. I can connect to that because I grew uh, um, up, around domestic violence when I was about five, six, maybe even seven. I remember because I'm one of three sisters, but in the middle. And my oldest sister, and we just actually got talking about this. And some of the things in your past, I think, kind of just get buried under there somewhere. And you forget the details. And my oldest sister, especially when you're young, like you're just confused what to believe, you know? Yes. And my oldest sister, Daisy, had brought up some, something that really brought back some, so much emotions for me and, um, and made me remember every freaking details in that moment to a point where I could literally remember her face when she was young because as an old, you might be an oldest sister, like I told her, like you, you may have been responsible and you felt like you were an adult, but as your younger sister, I could see your face like right now as a younger sister thinking like she's not even that old, like she's not my mom, she's not old enough to be mom, but she's acting Mm. and taking on that responsibility. And for her to say like, I used to put you around my waist and then Rosie on my other hand and we run away from danger and da 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 da. And I'm just like, you say that as if we were your children. And when I look at your face in my memory, I could see like you were super, you were still a baby too, you know? Yes. And I I really feel that also it's important as we go through that trauma, it's to mother that little girl, 
you know, to take care of her, to, to be gentle with her, especially when those memories come back. And it, it's hard because those are, whatever it's going to trig, what, trigger in life, it's, it's important to remember that we were just a child at that time. So I can totally, and those triggers come all the time. And part of self-awareness and learning about ourselves is to continue to grow and to, to be gentle with ourselves, but to say, okay, I know my story now. What's next? What can I do? How can I help myself so that way I can have the tools that I have gained to help other people? Yeah. And how can I make a positive out of it in order to change the world? And with, you know, your mission, I could, I could hear it a little bit. And my mission is, is sort of aligned with each other, but um, my mission is, or my vision, actually, it's not even just a mission, but it's, it's, it's a big vision is to mother the world. And it's like a twist of to change the world, but because mother and mother hustler is like so much of my making and like I embody that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I use to mother the world. And it's such a better, um, it's such a better word to use than change because we already know the world is broken and it needs a lot of change, but I think it needs a mother more than anything. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And a mother heart, a mother is such a powerful word. You know, I call it just not just a mother. A mother is also the mother earth is how, you know, the mother earth takes care of us. You know, it's really evolved. It's more embodying it about this powerful nature of a mother. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So when you came to America, what happened? So when I came to America, when I was 15 years young, I, you know, due to this uh, sexual abuse, I ran away from home. And mm. that's, you know, I, I, I stopped going to school and I got at that time I got married to my husband and um, to seek what I was seeking as that age I would think and I made that decision to marry my husband and had three children and then I realized I started growing and evolving mm -hmm. and I didn't like um, the husband I married because he reminded me a lot about um, the traumas and the sexual abuse I was reminded so I got a divorce and I moved to Oregon and I raised all the three kids here in Oregon. And at that time I was in San Diego. That's when we had migrated to San Diego. Wow. You are a brave soul. I'm telling you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Tell you. me about your children, your three kids. I know they're grown. I saw some pictures when you went to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, I have three beautiful kids. So my, my first one, uh, she's 20. Uh, she's 23 years young. She's out in UCLA right now. Um, and What's my her second, name? her name is Soul. And my second one, her name is Hannah. And she is 21 years young. She just turned 21. So that was perfect to take her to Mexico. And we tried a lot of margaritas. And then <laughs> I, <laughs> and then I have, I have uh, also uh, a 19 year old who's my son. He's in New York, who right now at this time, I don't have any connection with him due to the incidents that has happened in the past. Okay. If Soul was listening today, what would you tell her? I would tell her that I'm so proud of her, who is she's learning to become and, and learning to be open and all the challenges just she's taken on and all, all the self-care she's working on herself. I'm so proud of her. Wow. And I love her. Oh, of course you do. Yeah. How about Hannah? What would you tell 21-year-old Hannah? I 
Hannah has been one of my beautiful, challenging child in a good way. She tried to commit suicide mm. when she was 16. So, you know, and for her, I want to tell her that I love her, whatever choices she makes in her life. Mm-hmm. And it is not her fault that anything that has happened to me. Wonderful. You're such a good mama. Thank you. I know you don't talk to your son, but if you had a chance to tell him something, what would you say? Because technology will reach a lot of people, especially podcasting. Absolutely. And one of the things I also do um, is I send him text messages and I leave him voicemail and I send him emails and I send him gift cards for his special Christmas holidays. Um, If my son is listening right now, um, I want to tell him that I am sorry that I wasn't the mom that he hoped me to be. Mm -hmm. And I want a second chance. Mm -hmm. I want to apologize and I love him. Thank you for that. That's really brave for you to say, especially on a platform like this. And um, when I was a teenager, because I saw my mom putting up with stuff, you know, mm-hmm. as a young child in my first decade, I, I wanted to fix everything for her. And I was so little that I knew I couldn't. But when I became an adult, young adult, 18, 19, I, or even like 16, I started to really resent my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like your 19-year-old is, is doing, and I don't know your situation, but I want to share this because I resented her a lot because now I have a voice, right? Mm-hmm. And not only that I have a voice, I still couldn't fix anything. So I was frustrated that not only that she would not listen to my voice because I care about her, but I also still couldn't do anything mm-hmm. to, make, to fix it for her. And then in my third decade, I became a mother. And so what I want to say to you is that maybe when your son becomes a father or a dad, he will realize or he will go through the process that I went through, which was like, oh, I so get why my mom did what she did now, you know, because she loved us and she is super amazing. And now I know like, I'm just going to respect her for everything and the suffering and all the sacrifice that she did. So I just want to commend you for being strong because I think we have to stick with one another and we have to uplift each other. And I know that that's what you now do for other women. So, so tell me about the journey of Rakshana and in the Rakshana that you are now in the version that you are now, because you have, I mean, I'm taking a lot of massive notes with our conversation because this is just how I am when I'm talking to someone. Um, because it's such an organic show yeah. and everything comes through of our conversation. And, you know, I put my own heart into the, every episode. Um, it's just nice to have like some things to talk about. So there's so much that you had to go through to get to where you're at now. Take us through that journey and tell us exactly who you are now. I would love that. So um, 
you know, when I, when the kid, I, I'm going to go back and talk about my kids and my transformation because they were the pivotal point. So um, like there was a custody issue for eight years. So every year I had to go in court and I was a single mother. So I had my ex-husband fighting for custody and for his values of what he believed the parenting could be. And I was fighting because I believed I was a mother. I should fight for custody. And I did that for eight years and I didn't have any money. I was working two jobs and I was going to court and I was so frustrated. And then at that time I started dating my husband, who is at that time, he was just my boyfriend, and he saw the things that I never saw. He's like, you know, if you give him what he wants, and at that time, the kids were teenagers, why don't, you know, try it and see how it's going to be? You're still going to be a mother. You're not going to, you know, change that role. So finally, I try. I listened to him. I did that. And I said, because I was struggling, going to court, and then at that time, the kids were going back and forth, my mom lives also in the same city and we had this triangle relationship which was not healthy we had one grandparent on the other side the other parent on the other side all were controlling the household that i left i lived in and i was trying to create this environment that was peaceful and healthy so finally i decided that i was going to give up custody of the kids and that's when my world shocked because reality hit Mm. i lost my identity i didn't know who i was and I felt like a failure. Everything that I had worked for, everything I believed in, all my culture that I believed in growing up. And also it did not help because my family kind of disowned me for what I did. Mm. Like I said, after eight years of fighting, I realized that was not working. And then that's when everything shattered. I got to a point where I gained 80 pounds. I was on antidepression. I was miserable. I had headaches my back was hurting due to the carrying the weight that my body could not take and then I said no more I didn't like feeling that way I was tired of being tired I was tired of feeling numbing myself and drinking and food and then I joined a community a walking community after work I would take my headlamp put it on at 7 p.m and go for a walk and that inspired me to do other things that inspired me to start my own group and then that group became like a walking group and then it became a hiking group and then it became an adventure group and then now we have 500 members in portland and that group uh, expanded in uh, central oregon we have a chapter there and i love that idea because we got together and we went for walks we went hiking i mean and then little by little, the weight started decreasing. Little by little, I, be, I had confidence. And then I started sharing my, sh- my story through hiking, through walking. And then it became like a healing process through hiking. I was hearing wow. stories. I was hearing these women telling me all these stories. I mean, vulnerability. talk about the power of vulnerability and women coming together, moving mountain after mountain, climbing mountain after mountain. And impossible things happen. And I would tell these women, I said, just try this. Go try this and try to journal, try to meditate, try to pay attention, listen to your voice, listen to your intuition, all simple things we do in, you know, in mindfulness, in coaching. I was giving those two without me knowing that was coaching. It became so successful. I said, how can I take this and turn it into a business? So that's when my journey started. And I said, I started implementing little by little. At that time, I was working in McMinnville, which is an hour and a half drive from Portland. 
and I started that transition. I, I was working as a parent advocate, doing workshop for parents, teaching education, helping parents get the kids from the court appointed system. And then I said, I'm going to do this for a living. I love hiking. I love listening to stories, inspiration stories, just like you. I am going to help women share their stories to change their stories from where they come from. And then through that one hour and a half of driving one way and one hour and a half driving back, I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to books on tapes. And then eventually had them enough money. I hired coaches. I started going to conferences. And then in 2016, I had enough clients that I was able to leave my full-time job and take it to the next level. 2016, Karina, and I'm here. So that's my journey. You are a rock star, and I just got goosebumps after goosebumps after goosebumps, sister. Oh, my gosh. Okay, where do I start? <laughs> I, you let go of the kids, and oh, my gosh, I can only imagine as a mom, but it was such an unselfish act. Have you ever realized that? Someone told me that I didn't feel like I felt like a failure. And that's that's to the 80 pounds that I took into my body that I felt like a failure and shame, a lot of shame. Yeah. Yeah. But I think so. So I'm going to go back to I'm all I'm like a self love junkie. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that we force this life into so much stress when we could be happier and the better version of us. And I think as hard as it was to transition into like the mindset of letting go of the force because you were fighting it. And in the way that I live my life now is this, if it feels like a fight, it's not meant to be mm -hmm. right. Yes. And so you realized it, but it was still hard for you because, and this is where the coaching, you and I are coaches. This is where the coaching becomes super valuable because of the guilt and the shame. And it's like the lowest, somehow it's the lowest level of emotion, but it surfaces the highest mm -hmm. for every human being. I mean, you and I included, mm -hmm. we're coaches with coaches too right? Yes. And so, and so this is when the coaching is super powerful because although your future husband at that time mm -hmm. was sort of coaching you, um, if it was a more structured coaching and more customized coaching uh, um, straight to you, it probably, you probably would have overcame it a lot faster and let go of the guilt and shame a lot faster because somebody could tell you, it was an unselfish act because the only way you could take care of others is to take care of yourself, to take care of your feelings, to take care of your emotions. And then now look where you, where you like, you replaced it with all the goods and now look at where you're at. And I think that this entire segment is going to teach a lot of moms and a lot of women how valuable coaches can be, especially when they're in, like a massive pocket that they can't get out of or, mm -hmm. or they're prisoned by guilt and shame. So the walking community, like that gave me a goosebump too, because the reason that I talk about the childhood is I always find 
something in that childhood that goes full circle when we become adults. Okay. And you talk about hiking and you hiked every five years. Of course, you didn't hike to America. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be impossible. <laughs> but with the way that, how do you connect those two? Because I can like, I, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in um, a lot of like things we cannot see. And just listening to your story now that how you transition into your, the version that you are now I'm talking to has really resonated with me in the connection of your hiking as a child, being a refugee from one country to another. And now it's like, really what, what healed you? What you went through is what healed you to today. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we all find ways, everybody's going to find a way what it's going to heal them. You know, what is worked for me will not work for someone else, you know. And for me, it was, I felt like I was walking off the pounds. First of all, I was releasing that weight and I was releasing that weight in my mind. That, that old story, hearing other people's story gave me permission that my, I'm not ashamed of my story. So, you know, it wasn't, I'm going to say this because I'm going to, I was reading my journals in 2013. It wasn't easy. But it had to be done. And we have to go through that mental toughness for us to grow. We have to be humble. We have to love ourselves. Because I really feel to this, Karine, hardly to my soul, that when we give ourselves that permission to love, the world opens up in so many beautiful ways. We have so much love to, leave, uh, to love our kids. I mean, abundance flows in so much. Money comes in so much. Um, that we have more to give to our family, our community, our country. I mean, I was never, could never afford to take one of my kids to, to Mexico. But, you know, I was able to bond with my girls, to build a relationship, to show them now what, you know, hardship was, you know, what I failed to, through that journey, that now we have a healthier relationship. We have more respect for each other. Wow. Super amazing. That hiking thing is still getting into my, <laughs> into my goosebump. You got to join us sometimes. We hike every weekend <laughs> when I'm not working. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm going to have you tell everybody about that in the end. Okay. Because, um, in the end, I want you to tell everybody, you know, where to find you, what you're doing and how, what do you want to invite people to, or if you have a free course that you want to do. So let's talk about that in the end. Okay. But you talked about the power of vulnerability. And I always say this, that in my live events, it's, I call it the vulnerability party. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm all about the vulnerability because this is such a, it's full of such fakeness in this world. Mm -hmm. um, and the transition that you did, like you plugged in a community is it's funny because when I was in corporate America, I, I was blinded by, by the fact that those communities exist. Mm -hmm. I kind of isolated myself and I had a lot of ego that I could do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just now become, my journey started really in 2013, my spiritual journey, I should say, and, and started becoming awakened. And I talked about the books that you have in your background and I talked to, and this is like, this is just not even scratching the surface of, of the books that I've read in 
since 2013 and it's it's such an amazing journey to actually not only get to know the reality of the universe and the world and that there is more to having a mansion and having a big house and having a successful business or being a um being a um big shot at a company or something like there's that's all i i had in my mindset before i didn't have an open mindset and i didn't have a spiritual mindset that i have now and so if you are talking to some someone that is kind of in that pocket because you and i have been through that pocket before and they just couldn't quite go through it what exercise would you because you've suggested a lot of exercise Mm -hmm. um, through your hiking journey and you know teach people to journal meditate first of all how did you learn that for yourself and then and then what exercise could you give moms that are in the same pocket that you and i used to be in absolutely so one of the things i learned is we have a lot of resources i used youtube to learn how to meditate and then uh, there's a lot of apps that I, I had learned. Like, I didn't know how to meditate, but I read s stories and researches about meditation, how it helps with anxiety because I was on all kinds of medication. So I learned starting with one minute. And then, you know, I had like a six months goal. If I could do one minute for six months and then I added two minutes and then another six months, I added three minutes. So I just kept working through that. Um, when I got to the exercises, I also learned how to, you know, to listen to my body, you know, for, for anybody who has, has a background of sexual abuse, you know, they numb their bodies with alcohol or food or not feeling to their body. So I had to learn how to feel, to listen to my body. So now with exercises with people, when I meet them, I ask them to close their eyes because then their energy is more aligned with their body than their senses. They are more listening to the senses because our eye sensors are high and they take over a lot of things around the world. So when you close up your eyes, when we close our eyes, we are more in tuned with mm. our body, listening to their body. So if they have two things going on, I said, if you had to say yes to this or no to this, I'm going to ask you to listen to your body. When you say yes to this, how does your body feel? Ooh, that's deep. And if you say no to that, how does your body feel? Like paying wow. attention to all the details, your neck, your jaws, your stomach. I mean, that's so, we forget to listen to our bodies. We are so yeah. busy with things around us. And this is not only with that exercise, yes or no. Even when you're with your partner, close your eyes and hold your hands with your partner and see the energy going through you just through that moment. Wow. You know, when we date our husbands or when we were date, we would date people, I, um, I, I'm thinking about like when you kiss, you close your eyes and it's like the exchange of energy is so powerful and it like tingles in all your body, you know, Absolutely. like your body because it's super powerful. And I love that. And I'm going to do that with my husband. So the way that I connect with my husband is we cook almost every night, not every night. And we just like have fun in the kitchen and, you know, cook together and talk about our days and talk about life really. And I never really thought of like doing that and just holding his in and closing <laughs> my eyes and just feel his energy. That is super amazing. I love that. And also being aligned with your body. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Helen Keller, I don't know if you mm-hmm. probably know with your personal development, um, she is super in, t- in tune with her own self because she's blind mm-hmm. and she has no choice but to be, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the way that the, you describe that is just so, so simple yet so super powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a client this morning and she wanted to take on this big position of a job. And we did the same exercise. I said, if you had to take on this position through that closing their eyes, what does your body feel? And it's like, my stomach feels tight. My nerves are getting tighter. I'm like, okay, so you already, we already know the answer. They're closing our eyes, you know, but it's just a, it could be a simple practice that anybody can do. Wow. Super amazing. Yeah. And with meditation, like I love meditating in the morning. So I wake up really early, not because everybody says you have to. I just have two boys to get to school. And when they wake up, I'm all theirs, you know, it's no more me time. So I have to wake (laughs) up um, at 4 a.m. And so between 4 to 5.30 around the time they wake up um, or 6 o'clock is is I get to stretch. I stretch every morning I'm actually um, going to give my book for free, which is Mother Hustling Morning, mm-hmm. the morning routine of a mother hustler. So I'm not going to tell everybody what I do in the morning, but because <laughs> then I wouldn't have anything to write in the book. And so um, I think it's important and it's so simple. That's why I'm giving this for free for people, because people always wonder, like, why do you show up always 100% every day, mm. you know, and and, and I've met people like yourself and I've met people like myself who just, I just know they do morning routines just mm-hmm. the way they show up. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I share that um, every, how we treat our life is how we treat our partners, our businesses, you know, our interaction, like everything. What we do every day at home reflects of how we treat our business and our relationships. Like we show up a hundred percent. Absolutely. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I finished this course that's free that I'm going to be talking into like real estate offices and all those places so I can kind of just give value around town. Even though I'm already giving value with having you here and you and I together are giving value to the world, literally to the world um, when I release your episode. But it's, you know, you always want to do serve more, serve more because Mm -hmm. it's the most happy I've ever been is when I can serve people. So it's, it's like master your mind, master your life. And, um, and a lot of the things that I talk about it in there is just mastering yourself. Like, how do you show up a hundred percent every day? Because I have bad days. Mm -hmm. Just be honest. You too have bad days. It's not like I show up and, and nothing bad happens to me because I always show up so happy and, Mm -hmm bubbly and always showing up a hundred percent. I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else, but that also has a tendency. So talk about this because I feel like it has a tendency to, to, to intimidate other women um, because I've been told many times that I do that to um, people, which really hurts me mm-hmm. because it's not my intention. Um, because I want to touch everybody's lives and those that feel that way um, pretty much isolates themselves from 
me supposedly being able to make a difference in their life. So talk, talk about that because I saw your facial expression and you're like nodding. Yeah. So I, I believe this, Karine. I really do. I said, you know, when we share, when we at the moment we're sharing our joy or our sadness, it's, you know, there are certain people who are ready to receive that message and there's people who are not ready to receive your message. You know, maybe that message is going to circle around, a, you know, a year later or two months later. But I really feel like our souls, our body, our spirit, when we are in the moment, because we are so awakened, we are in the moment, even though at that moment, you are not in the moment. I really feel like sometimes I'll start, I'll start doing a live video. I feel, I feel so depressed. I feel down. I feel things are not going according to how I see. But at the end of the video, I got into a momentum because passion kicked in. You know, mm. we'll start doing a live video and the first three, four minutes, you, my voice is like really monotone, really low, the energy. Oh, and then yeah. at the end, passion kicks in because you got a momentum going and it's, uh-huh. that's what we're here to do. And yeah. sometimes certain people are not ready to receive the message, but you know what? We need to focus our energy for who those people who are ready because us as leaders, you, uh, you as well, is we are igniting leaders, Yes. Right? Yes. We are moving. Yes. We are doing moving, not just mom. You're giving mom permission that you can do it all. You can have yes. a healthy relationship. You can grow. You can take your business to the next level. You can have spiritual growth. You can have health. You can have inner peace. You can have it all. We are really giving permission to moms to do that. But sometimes not all moms are ready for And, and you can have badass friends like you. <laughs> and not all, yes. Well, because as, when, when I had a lot of ego, I... You know, and I am, I will own that. I, yeah. I did have a lot of ego when I was younger and especially when I was young with a, with a, with a really good position in, in the corporate America world. Yeah. But when you have a lot of ego, you're not open to a lot of like great friends like you. Yeah. Because, so I always, I always wondered why I wasn't attracting the friends that I really want. Mm-hmm. And so and it's because I didn't deserve them. And not only that I didn't deserve them, I also did not have the mindset to receive them. Mm. And so I'm nodding when you said that, like you have to be okay with that. And, and I'm not saying when it hurts me, I'm just saying like, I could so help you. I could so change your life. Like it's just one of those things because we're such go givers and go getters Yeah. that, um, we go into that mindset of, oh, I could so help this person, but she's not ready for me. And so you just kind of move on from that temporary pocket. So Mm -hmm. we talk about the big pocket that we're like guilt, shame, but I still have those pockets, but they no longer grow big. Mm -hmm. They're like, I just know they're there and then I get out of it, you know? And so it is important to receive it too, as a person. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You cannot blame yourself for somebody that's not ready to receive your message. And I had a podcast interview with someone in Australia, and she said that you can never attract people to you that you cannot serve. Mm, that's powerful. I like that. Mm. So powerful. some questions for you. Your mom's still around? Yes, she is. She doesn't live far away from me. Oh, that's amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> so 
what is it that the most important lesson that you learned from your mom? My mom had five kids and she worked her butt off. She really worked hard. Um, she told me to believe in myself. She told me that you can get any job you want. You can create, recreate yourself to anything you want. Um, and I saw that through my dad because, you know, she advocated for him. She wrote resumes for him. She applied jobs for him. She, you know, when we we're coming to America, she did the interview in English, which nobody spoke English. So she wow. really um, stepped up, especially coming from a culture where women do not have a lot of a voice and, uh, you know, stand up for the family. But she did a lot. She sewed for us. She hustled. Wow. She's a true Mother. hustler. <laughs> She's a true hustler, yes. That's awesome. What would you tell her today if she was listening right now next to you? I would tell her that I am proud for who she has become. Uh-huh. And I am sorry that I disappointed you as a daughter for speaking the truth. Mm. Mm. And you guys are still like close with each other? We're not. We have I haven't talked to her for probably five years now mm. because I spoke the truth. Mm. I, I get that because my mom's still married. You know, I talk about my mom and she's still married to my dad. And my dad went home to the Philippines to retire and doing the same crap that he's been doing for the last 50 years. And the girls are on my mom's side. The boys are supporting my, not supporting, supporting, but listening to my dad. And because uh, mm -hmm. there's three and three of us, three boys, three girls. Mm -hmm. And my mom lives with my sister in LA. And we're all just like advocating for her and mm -hmm. saying, you know, girl, girlfriends, because I could talk to my mom <laughs> like that now. Yeah. Girlfriend, you need to take care of yourself. You've yeah. been sacrificing all your life not only for dad, but for us, we're good now. Mm -hmm. We have our own family. We are super, like just speaking the truth to her, but I think it hurts her feelings. Yeah, yeah. Because an old school woman like her and your mom, it's just like to be there for their husband, no matter how good or bad they are. Yeah. Regardless of how good or bad they are. And, and so mm -hmm. I know that she hurts because she's torn. Mm -hmm. Um because we're speaking the truth and we're advocating for her and we're telling her quit sending your money there. Yeah. You know, like just take care of yourself, go travel, come visit me in, in uh, the Northwest, go visit yeah. our brother in England, go visit your sister in Japan. I mean, you have so much to do in this world. It's your yeah. time, girlfriend. This is your time. Like I just keep saying that to my mom and it hurts yeah. me too because yeah. that's my dad too, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. And for me, what I've learned, Karini, is to love mm -hmm. without judgment. And that's been really a lesson for me, just to love her for who she is, not what I want a heart to be, you yeah. know, you know, hope exactly. to be. And I think it's really hard as a judgment because we are a judgment society. We're always judging so like remember that i love you and I, i'm gonna love you from a distance even though it's hard sometimes i'm just gonna love you from here even yeah. i said love yeah yeah more power to you you're yeah. super amazing what last question well first of all 
before I go to my last question, I just want to commend you for, for all the amazing things you're doing in the community and to the women that you help. Because I think that every single one of us can make a difference in this world and nobody can do it alone. Mm -hmm. We have to lock arms and do it together and really uplift, not only lock arms, but reach down and lift those ones up that are down there when they're ready. So I commend you for stepping into who you are becoming because we are always evolving, mm -hmm. right? And thank you for showing up like you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. You're welcome. So when you heard the word mother hustler, what comes to mind? <laughs> like define it in your own <laughs> I'm like showing up when you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. show up okay there's days i'm in my pajamas just show up <laughs> i love being in my pajamas by the way <laughs> i mean i mean sometimes i don't wanna i don't wanna respond to that email i'm like just say the truth that yeah you don't feel like taking that you know just still show up when you don't feel like it for you you know, for your soul, for your family, for your community, for your country. So, yeah, that's what Masla Hustler, Mother Hustler, even though she doesn't feel like it, she still shows up for our community, for our families and countries. Seriously, girl, mm -hmm. we do. We do. And we show up like, we show up as 10 people too. <laughs> There's only one of us, but we show up like we're 10. I mean, we wear like so many hats and juggling everything and all that good stuff. Yeah. So tell my, my listeners where we can find you, want to hear about this community and hiking community that you do, and you're probably on Meetup and all that good stuff in Portland, Oregon. So let us know so we can find you. Absolutely. So we are in uh, Pacific Northwest, USA, Portland, Oregon, Vancouver area. So it's called Pacific Northwest Women's Outdoor Group. And that's a free community. And you can join through Meetup. And there is, I believe, a lot of activities you could choose there from there. And, um, and you can look at the schedule at the calendar and just schedule what you're interested in. It describes all the skill level that you are at. If you're just beginning, if you're just interested to socialize, there's a lot of social events on there and then we also have a um, central oregon bent chapter there which just started last august so we're building a community there so that's my um that's my that's like my happy place i look forward to hiking every weekend because i coach during the day so i'm disconnected away from my computer or from the phone i'm out in nature and again mother nature is our first mother so it gives us all the you know negative ions that we need yeah. Um, so this this is the group that you actually started. Yes. All of it founded. Yes. It? yes. Wow. Yes. And you're expanding in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, we started. We expanded last year, and from that, that's uh, we last year in Bend, Oregon, and that's where I learned from all the skills the group was going successful. That's where I took the skills that I mastered and implemented into building my business, which is a women's lifestyle coaching. That's so cool. So where can we find you for the coaching and which social media outlet do you usually hang out in? 
So I use the Facebook. It. Yeah, it's Rokshana Trim, just like my first name and last name. Rokshana Trim is my social media platform there on Facebook. I also have, I'm also on Instagram. It's under Women's Lifestyle Coaching in, on Instagram. And you can also find me on LinkedIn under Rukshana Trim and uh, under there as well. I talk a little bit about my book on LinkedIn, about conferences that I speak at, public speaking, all the stuff that I do. It's on there. That's awesome. Well, I'll add all of them. If you can send me all the link, I'll add all of them on the podcast notes. But thank you so much for gracing us with your amazing presence today. And I really am excited for every single one of you listeners to hear this amazing woman and her journey. So thanks a lot. Thanks, Karine, for having me.